my wife tells me I'm not allowed. Good, for, lucky for you. <laughs> I love the thought of what Grace is painting about God's goodness and He's pouring out because the reality is that Father God desires an intimate relationship with each and every one of us, but so intimate that it's forever growing and forever changing. It doesn't remain the same. The manner is fresh every day. Revelation is fresh every day. What he has for us is new and fresh every day. Yeah? So he takes us and he creates us and makes us brand new with the work of the cross, what he did. And then he invites us into his family to live in, in these heavenly realms, in this new wineskin. And he fills us with new wine, new ways of hearing him new ways of walking with him, new ways of journeying with him, new ways of experiencing him. Because the reality of our faith in a living God is that it's alive. I know that's a revelation for some, <laughs> but it's alive, like it's alive. If you have a faith today and you've not experienced and encountered God, yeah? Because this is only a, a map. It, it's, it's a pathway. This isn't all it could be. It even says that they couldn't even contain all the things that Jesus did in here. Yeah. So why some Christians make this, not just their foundation, but their world is beyond me. When God is alive and well and forever growing. Yeah? He wants an intimate relationship with us. And he wants to speak with us in the same way that he wants us to speak with him. Amen? Last week I said that no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, good or bad, if we'll turn and tune our hearts to the Lord in good or bad times, that he will teach our ears how to hear. Yeah, It's not to say that we don't hear him, but I was trying to explain it to my son yesterday. Yeah, And um, we were talking about tutoring. And he goes, we were talking about a, a particular friend of ours that does some tutoring with young children. And he goes, oh, is that just for the disadvantaged? It's like, no. Well, just those that are a little bit slower. Well, actually, Samuel, no. There are a lot of students, and particularly once you get to high school and university, that get tutored because they want to stay in front of the work and be the best that they can be, yeah? Yeah? I go, and he, he wasn't getting it, you know. <laughs> what do I expect from an 11-year-old? So I said, okay, what about football? I go, you're pretty good, aren't you? He goes, yeah, of course, you know. And if you ask him, he'll tell you how good he is, you know. Last week when they were playing, they were, his team was four goals something, the other team was zero. They took him off and a couple of other players so they could play in the under-15s. The team didn't score again. Yesterday, they were one goals to eight points to zero. They took Samuel off. Yeah, after he came off, the other team scored one goal, four, and one by two points. He will tell you how good he is, right? <laughs> Don't worry about that, yeah? The point is, I said, don't you still go to training? He goes, yeah, okay, but you're good enough, aren't you? He goes, but I want to get better. Well, hello. Our relationship with God can always get better, yeah? There's always more. We can learn to hear him better than we hear him now, yeah? It's a process and it's a journey which I love. And so I want to keep unpacking some of that stuff from last week. And I just want to bring some clarity because someone asked me a really good question this week. They said, if God's teaching us to hear him, if he's teaching our ears to hear him clearer, 
then why do we need prophets? If he's teaching us to hear him, why do we need prophets? Why do we need teachers? Why do we need those things? It's a really simple answer. Don't box how God speaks to you. Yeah, full stop. Because he can speak to you through a prophet, can speak to you through a teacher, can speak to you through a friend, can speak to you in the inner small voice, can speak to you in the lyrics of a worship song. He can speak to you in your knower where you just know stuff. Yeah, he can speak to you in pictures and in dreams. He can speak to you in a myriad of ways. And so when he's teaching our ears to hear him, maybe he's just teaching you some of the other ways that he can speak and we can hear that you don't yet. Yeah? So I'm just pretty basic out there, understood? Because we know that he speaks in many ways and we can hear him in many ways. So you know what the really fun, you know what the funny thing is? I've discovered in my all my forty-eight years and 28 almost as a Christian the hardest way for most Christians to hear God is through others the hardest way because often when God speaks through others they he speaks through others that you trust and often they're prepared to share something that you've been not wanting to hear you ever find that like all the time God wouldn't say that really well that's funny you should let's sit down a little bit longer don't box God. He wants to speak to you. He wants to teach you to hear him. Yeah? If he, if he has to, he'll use a donkey. If, if there's no one else, he'll cry out through a rock. He'll do whatever he can to get your attention and get my attention. All right? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you want to teach us today, what you want to challenge us with, Lord God. And Father, I just pray that, Lord, the words that are spoken would actually bring us to a place where we would be more like your son, Jesus, where we would posture ourselves in your presence to hear you clearer than ever before, to go further than ever before, Lord God, that we would be closer to you, Lord. Though you've not left us, Lord God, that we would know how close we are to you, that we would truly live in the position and the authority and the identity that you have created us for and in, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. When you see my wife, who's in Kids Church, um, please let her know that she finished all the bottles of water. It's very important. Does, she, does anybody else have someone in their house that finishes the last thing and doesn't tell anyone? Yeah? Like, normally you would think that would be me, but it's not me. She's not here to defend herself. If I use the last roll of toilet paper, I let her know. If I was to drink the last bottle of water, I would let her know. I, it was so hard to go to the tap. Anyway, let's have, a, let's have a closer look at last week's passage. And we've got to move quickly. So Genesis 22, 1 to 14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning Abraham got up early, he saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of that journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come back, come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. So two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son. 
Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your own son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yerah, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Amen. It's a process and it's on the journey. So repeat after me. It's a process. It's on the journey. Look to the person on your right. And, you, and repeat after me, you better hold my hand, you may not make it. No, I'm joking. So, all right, a couple of things that we have to remember just to build on last week. We know that and we can trust that God is always good. We know Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You need to know that in your Noah. You need to know that in your spirit, particularly when you're living life, because who knows life's not always good, yeah? And here we have Abraham, God's friend. And verse 2 says, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. So Abraham's been longing for this child his whole life. And then God says, Take him to the mountain somewhere out that way, and then I want you to kill him. (laughs) Last week, we had a look at the fact that that would have sent Abraham into a little bit of turmoil because he would have been questioning, Look, this is my promise. You promised me this. I've been praying my whole life for this. And now you've got me walking to a place I don't know. So I'm, 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 I'm aimless here. You know, my GPS is out of battery. Uh, the cable's broken. I have no idea where to turn left or right. And you want me to actually kill of everything that I've been wanting my whole life. You want to take away my dream, is really what Abraham would have been saying. And for me, oh, Imagine just for a moment having longed for something for such a long time, something that you had longed for, like longed for. And then God says, by the way, um, I, I need it. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. That was, that was cool. Hope you had fun. Now I, I want it back or we're going to kill it. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Next minute... One minute I've got it, next minute it feels like you're taking it away. I read on social media this week, someone was suggesting that God never gives and God never takes away. (laughs) I don't agree with that. God doesn't take away. But if you have something in your life that now you have made an idol and it stands before you and God, God won't take it away, but God will ask you to sacrifice it to make way for him. God didn't take away Isaac. God just asked Abraham to make way for him. Yeah? If you could understand how jealous God is for you, for you, for your time, for you to stop and to speak and to have communion with you, if you could understand the enormity of his love, 
You'll never put anything that gets in the way of you and him, ever. Yeah? So if you're struggling to understand that or accept that, maybe you just haven't realized how much he actually loves you. Yeah? That's how precious you are to him. I mean, you've got to think about that. That's how precious you are to the king of all kings. That he would ask you to get rid of anything because he wants to be first and foremost. He is madly jealous for you. I reckon that's pretty cool. So there are just some, some times in our lives that don't make sense. Like that story doesn't make sense. You know, like really, how could God ask him to do that? How could God ask us to give up something that we've longed for? You know, like how does that work? But when we find ourselves in that place, good or bad, the best thing to do, which is yet the hardest thing to do, because we do the opposite. Does anyone know that as Christians we do the opposite? We're hurting, so we run away from God. We're hurting, so we don't come to church. That's like, I'm sick, I'm not going to the doctor. Look, that's just silly, isn't it? When you're sick, you go to the doctor. When you're unwell and you're not feeling it and you're broken, run to God, run, run to the family. Don't run the opposite way. It's like... We'd all be sick and dying and shriveling in our spirits if we actually lived out that, that thing out. The best thing to do when we're going through stuff, good or bad, is actually to press into God, not run away from Him. Because it's in the midst of our storm and it's in the midst of our confusion that He's actually trying to train our ears to hear Him better than ever before. Because if we can hear Him in the tough times, in the gut-wrenching, I can't believe I'm here times, then we can hear Him anytime. Yeah. Here's what we should do in moments of doubt and confusion like Abraham's. Like I'm sure he was confused. I'm sure he would have been doubting the, all the way towards the mountain on the journey. I'm sure he would have been asking. I'm sure some of us here have gone through stuff that we've just thought, you've got to be joking. Here's what we need to do. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at, a, at, at my guard post. There I'll wait to see what the Lord says and how he'll answer my complaint. You've got to understand, it's a process and it's on the journey, yeah? So in the midst of life's struggles, when life's confusing, please help me here moments, yeah? We need to stand at the guard post. All that means is, right, all, this, all that means is to hear... To hear Papa, to hear Father God in the midst of all that confusion, to hear his voice, we just need to go to a quiet place. Yeah? We need to go to a quiet place and still our own thoughts and our own emotions. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah? It, it means take yourself, stand at the guard post, stand there and wait and pray. Be still and listen to what he has to say. Psalm 37.7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. See, we're called to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Because there, there's a deeper inner knowing in our spirits that each of us can experience if we will just stop at the guard post, if we'll do what Habakkuk did. So when we're going through life's storms, when we're having an Abraham moment, on the journey, yeah, you're not stopping walking, yeah? The, the journey continues. It, it's, it, it's, it's the paradox of, of our Christian faith. We continue on the journey, but on the journey, while we're walking through this stuff, we actually stop to hear him. 
We quieten ourselves. We remove ourselves in the journey, yeah? Not from the journey. There's a difference. There's such a difference because normally when we're in the midst of a storm, one, we want to escape, yeah? Two, we want to run. But the only way that we're going to hear God in the midst of the storm is to actually stop while we're walking and listen to him. Stand at your guard post. In other words, trust him. Quieten yourself and trust him. Because it helps quieten the outer noise, the distractions that are, are fighting for us. Because he's just trying to teach our ears to hear him Yeah, when we're under pressure. He's always speaking in our confusion. He's always speaking in our mess. You know, but he's speaking while we're walking. He's speaking while we're moving. It's like that movie, you know, Nemo. You know, remember Dora? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep trusting in God. It's a process. It's in the journey. Now, I said last week the problem is not a problem and the issue is not an issue. The problem and issue exist so we can learn to hear his voice and trust him in the darkness. Now, I love this because I mentioned it last week, but it's so worth mentioning again. Hearing Father can become intuitive while we're walking, while we're walking. Do you remember we, we had a bit of a joke last week because, see, Abraham didn't train for this. It just happened on a journey, but when he was three days away, it says in Genesis 22, 4, on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He, he knows he's going to a mountain, but God says, I'll show you the place when you get there. And on the journey... He sees it, yeah, right? He sees it and he knows it. And then we joked about, I'm going to say, every female in the world that you go shopping with, yeah, if you can, for those that weren't here, you go shopping, what are you looking for? I don't know, but when I see it, I'll know, yeah? But like we had a laugh about that because it's so true. What are you looking for, Mel? I don't know, but when I see it, I'll know. Well, that's ridiculous. What shop should we go to? I don't know, but, but when I see it, I'll know. Let's just, but, but how long do we... I don't know, but when I see... Like, it's just mad. It's madness. But this is how, when we're in the midst of our storm, if we stay faithful in the journey, no matter how hard it can be, intuitively within us, in our knower, there comes a moment where we just know. But I, I, I need to look at Habakkuk's example of standing at the guard post because I think, and this is what I believe, I believe that somewhere in Abraham's journey, he stopped while he was walking, but he stopped to quieten himself and be still and know that I am Lord. Yet he had a moment in his journey. It's not written there. You're not going to find it. You just know that he's still walking. And I want to suggest that it's in that process and journey that God's teaching his ears to hear. And I believe he had a Habakkuk moment because I believe in verse, verse 1, chapter 2, it says, I'll, I'll climb to my watchtower and stand my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. What did it say about Abraham when he was... Three days, yeah, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. He didn't know where he was going, but he saw the place in the distance. I think he stopped and I think he prayed and I think he asked God to show him what the heck was going on and where the heck he was going. See, in that passage in Habakkuk, 
He'll wait to see what the Lord says. Habakkuk's asking for a picture. You've got to understand, we can hear God this way, yeah? He was asking for a vision, something that would help him on his journey. So he opened the eyes of his heart and looked into the spirit world to see what God wanted to show him, yeah? You're not always going to get your answers here. If it contradicts here, no good. But you're not always going to get your answers here. Lord, what job should I go for? Mechanics are now redundant. Oh, no, no, the carpenters are good. The, the iPhone would never have been invented, praise God. You're not going to get all of your answers in here. But if you get an answer that contradicts what's in here, then it's not the right answer, yeah? So he asks for a vision. So my, this is what I want to suggest. Abraham's walking in a direction not knowing where he was going or even why. But when he gets there, he knows. Because in his inner being, he knows. I believe God gave him a picture of what he was looking for. And I don't think it was in 3D. And I don't think it was in full high definition. And I don't think, yeah, that it was in 4K resolution. Yeah? It wasn't this beautiful LED, LCD curved screen. But it was a picture. And... For those of you that get pictures from the Lord, you'll know that there's some clarity, but not complete clarity, yeah? Just this week, I lost my tablet, my little, my little tablet. Yeah, the guys in the prayer meeting know, yeah, because I was beside myself looking everywhere. I went on to Google to find my tablet, but it says, oh, the tablet needs to be on. Well, that defeats the purpose, because if I've lost it, it's probably going to be off battery dead or someone's stolen it, you know? And I'm trying to find it. Now, if you speak to my wife, Mel will tell you that she was praying that God would give me a vision of where it was. Flat out. I roll up to prayer meeting and I have a picture of where it is. Yeah. A flat out picture. No, it gets better. It gets even crazier than this, Grace. So I get a picture that it's on the floor of the, in the back of my car. I can see it, Yeah. So I pull up to the pre-meeting, it's dark outside, I open the door, I'm checking the floor, checking under the seat, I've only got the light on inside the car, I can't find it, not there. And I thought, oh well, mustn't have been God. Closed the door, came inside, complained, walked around the church, you ask the guys, you know, look, oh, I, lost, I lost my tablet, you know. I get home, Mel, I can't find it, it's nowhere, it's nowhere, I can't find it. Love, you always lose stuff and it always turns up. No, no, it's not like, Mel, you know, you know me, I'm a creature of habit. I put my stuff here or here. And if it's not here or here, that means you've moved it. And if, and if you've moved it, that means you've forgotten where, and now I can't find it. Google's telling me that the last place it saw it was in my house, and I can't find it. Anyway, getting the kids ready for school <laughs> um, the next day. And in the morning, so that's Friday morning now, I'm walking to my car and I have the same picture again. The same picture. And I, I unlock my car, open the back door. You get around, I'm, I'm scrummaging. Thursday night, I open my back door and there it is. Exactly the picture that I had. Exactly what Mel had prayed for. Why I didn't feel it. Yeah, maybe I was just so flustered, I don't know. Whether an angel decided to play a trick and thinks it's hilarious in heaven, I've got no idea, right? 
Maybe I, I got the picture too early and I looked too early. I had to wait. I don't know. But the point was, I got a picture and there it was because God speaks to us in pictures. And I believe Abraham had a Habakkuk moment in his journey of distress. And he prayed and called out to God and said, show me. I want to see. And God gives him a picture. And so in the distance, he goes, there it is. It looks like what I believe God just showed me. That's where I'm going. Three days out. It wasn't clear. It's not like he was there and goes, oh, wow, look. Oh, da, da, da. oh, there it is. I'll just sit on that rock. No, three days out. And he saw it. Man, that's awesome. Considering that God said, when you get there, I'll let you know. He still wasn't there, but three days out, he saw it. God can speak to us in pictures. In the midst of our distress, yeah? In the midst of our turmoil and our mess, he wants to speak to us. We just have to keep walking. The process isn't over. The process is never over. That's what we've been talking about over the last few months. The reality that God's voice can come as spontaneous thoughts, as visions, as feelings, as impressions. You know, I love the next verse, verse 5. Stay here with the donkey. Genesis 22, Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little further. We'll worship there and then we'll come right back. He was a little way off and Abraham tells his servants to stay with the donkeys. The servants had been with him most of his adult life. They were his servants. He chose who was going to come with him. You've got to think, he's got servants, so he didn't bring the whole kit and caboodle. He chose who was going to come with him. And then he asks them to stay. Me and my boy are going ahead to worship. See, the closer Abraham got to where father had called him, the more he had to release. Now, this is for some of us. Think about it. Abraham had to leave some of his past behind to move forward into what God had set before him. Yeah? Why? They're his servants. They've been with him. Looked after his family. It's really simple. Because sometimes when it comes to hearing God... There are just some people that you can't take with you. No matter how nice they are, no matter what they've done for you, no matter how you love and care for them, they are your friends. They're not evil people. But there comes a time when you're walking with God that you need to make a decision to walk with Him and listen out for Him or stay with those people that have always been there and let them drown out His voice. Servants have been with him for a long time. But he chose to leave them there because he knew that in the journey, he, he knew that Father God, that Abba, that Papa, was trying to teach his ear to hear him afresh, to hear him anew. And he had to remove distractions. He had to be in a position that on his journey, he could quieten himself to hear Abba's voice. I reckon that's cool. Man, what a man of faith. That's awesome. The interesting part in all that, right? <laughs> and again, Christianity and our faith is just full of, you know, these paradoxes, one side to the next. 
you know. Sometimes God's voice is loudest and best in the counsel of many. Yeah? But here, Abraham has thought to himself and chosen, I don't want any other voices. I just need to hear God. You know, many of us, when we find ourselves in that situation, make the wrong choice. We put our friendships in front of our friendship with Father God. Not that we ostracize people. We don't do that. We're a family. We're supposed to live in community. But there are times where friendship shouldn't be the choice. We live in a culture today, yeah? This is going to... Oh, I'm going down this road. Here we go. We're living in a culture today where it's really hard because churches aren't necessarily growing numerically. They're getting smaller, particularly when you get out into the suburbs and some of regional Victorian places. And so churches are getting smaller. So what's the hardest thing for our kids? Because children and youth love critical mass. Yeah, They love it. So what do they do? They don't look to see where the Spirit of God's moving. They look to see where, to where their friends are. Not the right call. I don't want to get there with my own kids. But the reality is that we, sometimes we choose not what's the best for us. Because if we position our thing, ourselves with the Lord, doesn't the Bible say, yeah, that I'm having a moment. I'm not going to go there. Let's get back on track. Let's just get back on track for now. T.D. Jake says this, Dedication requires separation. You can't have dedication without separation. And if your faith doesn't bring you to a place of separation, then your life will never become a place of dedication. Does anyone want that tongue twister again? Yes. All right. De dedication requires separation. You cannot have dedication without separation. And if your faith doesn't bring you to a place of separation, then your life will never become a place of dedication. Some things, some people in our life are not destined or designed to journey with Father God as purpose for you and I. Just the reality of it. That's why sometimes life can be so tough and people question, what's going on? It shouldn't be your God's not even hearing you. Look at what you're going through. Shh, shh. I, I'm actually trying to hear him in the midst of all of this. Yeah? Father needs your ear to teach you to ear, to hear him. It's a process. It's a journey. And, and I love this because Abraham, it gets to this place where Abraham raises his knife to kill his son. So he's walking in the last thing that he heard, yeah? Take your son, go to the mountain, kill him, go and do that. This is all really somber. You should smile. There's a, there's a good ending, yeah? Right? And, 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 he's, and he's walking and it's really important, but he, he's actually operating in the past revelation. God told me to take my son that way, and when I get there, I'll know, and I need to sacrifice him. So he is still walking in that past word, yeah, in that past revelation. It's not that God didn't tell him to do it. God did tell him to do it. But the Bible says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that precedes the mouth of God. So the revelation has to be new. So what is God saying? If you and I don't learn to hear him, yeah, 
if we don't learn to hear him, if we don't get a now word from God and walk in what God has said yeah, and what he is saying, we can kill our future. Yeah? We can't just live on how we came to faith. We can't just live on when we got baptised. We, we can't just live where I grew up in that church. We, we can't just be in that old place because if we don't move into where God wants us and hear him afresh, we could kill our destiny. Let's not be a people that kill our dreams because we've gone deaf to his voice. I love it in, in, in verse 11. It says, at the moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Like God so wanted his attention that he didn't just call him once. He called him twice. He made sure that he could hear with the left ear and the right ear. You know, he needs to hear me or he's going to kill his future. Yeah, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he says, don't lay a hand. I love it. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in, the, in its thorns in a thicket, so he took the ram and he sacrificed it instead of his son. Abraham goes to kill his son, and God cries out. And at that moment where Abraham just can't believe that he's even there. Anyone ever been there? Why am I even here? He gets to this place, why am I even there? I'm at my wit's end, I'm about to break, I'm having a nervous breakdown. God, I can't do this. You know what he was saying? He was saying, God, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me, but not, not my will. Your will be done. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? At that point, God says, stop. See, God wanted his trust. He wanted his trust so he could train his ear to hear him. Papa just wanted to show Abraham how faithful he was. So he sends Abraham on this mad journey where he has to grapple with his faith. All the while trusting, all the while waiting to hear the next step. And in his desperation after a long journey, Abraham finally hears God call out to him. In the process, in the journey. The answer and the provision was on the other side of the mountain. He couldn't even see it. Yeah? So you and I, when we're going through stuff and God's trying to train our ear... There's a ram in the thicket on the other side of what we're going through, but we can't see it. We can't see the solution to our problem because we're in the midst of the problem and that's why he wants our ear, yeah? Because his ways are good, aren't they? Jeremiah 29, 11, he's always planning good stuff for us. Somewhere between the now and then, God wants to speak to us. Why don't we stand? I want to show you something. So the reality is that we can hear God. Sometimes we just miss it. You're way too quiet in here. You sound like a church of Christ. Um, I know, right? It's all right. We keep working on it one day. Meanwhile, Acts chapter 9, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if they, he found any, any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. 
As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. (laughs) This is so good. Ah, The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. Here's my thought. Saul is doing what he believes God told him to do. What he heard God told him to do. He's killing Christians. As far as he was concerned, he was doing what was right. Yeah. Then he gets knocked off his horse. And he opens his eyes after he hears God. And he's blind. If this isn't another Abraham moment, I'm doing your work, God. Okay, so I mucked up a little bit. Seriously? I'm blind? I can't. I'm blind. Hello, God. I've served you my whole life. How can I now be in this place and be blind? But this bloke, we know that Paul was a scholar, yeah? He, he knew all the writing in Habakkuk. Because what does it say? It says that, yeah, I love it. For three days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. I guarantee you, in that time, when a man or a woman ate or drank nothing, they were fasting and they were praying. Yeah? They were fasting and they were praying. While, they were fa- while he was fasting and praying, God spoke to Ananias. Ananias happens to be the ram in the thicket on the other side of the mountain that Paul can't see. Yeah? So Paul's like, I can't believe that I'm even here, God. So he stops and like Habakkuk, he, he goes to his guard post and he quiets himself. And he cries out to God and says, show me. God showed him, all right. Someone came and tapped him on the shoulder, opened his eyes and set him on a new path. He just had to trust God. He just had to stick with the journey. Even when the journey was wrong, he just had to stick at what he'd heard God say so that he could hear God clearly again. Yeah, I want to share that because some of us go through such stuff in life and we feel like we're not hearing from God, yet he's there. The answer that you're looking for is just on the other side of the mountain. It is just there. It's in the thicket. He's got your solution and your answer. We just need to be able to continue walking, not complaining, but walking. And in the walk, quieten ourselves so that we can be still and know that he is God and cry out to him so that, like Habakkuk, show me so that I can see. Yeah? Who here, I'm going to twist it, who here doesn't want to see what God has for their life? Really? So you all want to see. Wow, look at that. Who here doesn't want to know God better? Who here doesn't want a deeper relationship? This is terrible because I'm manipulating it bad, right? Like, who here doesn't want to go deeper with the Lord? Seriously, we all do. 
And so this morning we're singing this song saying, yes, yes, that's what I want. Yes, yes, God. Yes, 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 yes. More of you, Abba, I belong to you. So in this journey of life, in this mess, where I, I know I heard you. I have no idea why I'm walking this way. This is ridiculous, but I'm going to quieten myself. Sometimes I have to push some people aside. And God, I need to hear you. And he trains our ears to hear him afresh for the season that he has us in now so that we go from strength to strength and glory to glory. Not living in the past, not living in despair, but living in the one true hope, Jesus, yeah? Why don't we close our eyes and let's pray. Father, you are our one true hope. You are the voice that we long for. You are the voice that we hear. Lord, I pray that you would take each and every ear that's here And Lord, that you would train our ears to hear you afresh in new ways, in new vibrant ways. Lord, show us in pictures, show us in dreams. Give us words, Father. Create tapestry in our mind. Lord, you tell us that you will do more than what we could ever ask for, dream or imagine. Lord, I'm imagining a people, Father, in Ballarat that will hear from you with such clarity. Father, that we'll be walking and talking words of knowledge and prophets, sharing hope to a broken world. Father, I pray that as we continue to hear you, you would speak hope into our own hearts, into our own lives. I thank you that you're madly jealous for us. And Lord God, our hope and our desire is to grow in you with ever-increasing glory. Father, we don't thank you for those tough times, but we do thank you that you're there with us, that you're journeying with us. Help us, Lord, to know when to quieten ourselves, when to push people aside. Father, help us to know when it's you speaking. May we have that that knowing in our knower like Abraham that when we see it, we'll just know. Help us to be a people of promise, God, and a people of purpose. Lord, the way that you have designed us, sons and daughters of the living God, once sinners but now saints, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for moments like these. And, Lord, we look forward to testimony even, Lord, in the coming weeks of new ways that you've spoken to each and every one of us. So, Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honour. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Sorry for going a little bit over time. Enjoy your Sunday in Jesus' name. Amen.